Hi. Um, thank you guys so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're just trying to figure out all, all of the the new, I don't know, the new things that we have to do now with COVID-19 stuff, you know, getting our shows canceled and whatnot. But I know a lot of our yeah, shows are kind of taking a hit. Yeah, it's, it's been a time. We're in quarantine, so it's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, New York, they've cracked down pretty hard on you guys, haven't they? Yeah. Dang. Well, it's nice to meet you. I'm Wesley, by the way. I'm Spartacus, which obviously is a stage name. Um, but yeah, fun fact about me, um, I'm the drummer in the band, and I like lifting weights. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> about it, yeah. <laughs> you could be any utensil in the kitchen. What would you be and why? I'd be a knife, because I'd like to be known as the most dangerous man in the room. <laughs> That, yeah, that's fitting. <laughs> um, I, I'd be a spoon um, because big spoon, or spoon. Um, probably <laughs> big spoon. <laughs> Little spoon, but, um, but yeah, because like, if you think about ramen, I can eat it with a fork, and that's great. But like, but like, I can also manage to eat it with a spoon and and get the liquid at the same time. So also, also because like I grew up eating cereal, like my diet was just like cereal, like growing up. So eating ramen with a spoon, spoon, spoon just is related to cereal, and I love so, cereal. So, so <laughs> and I'm using a spoon right now for my teeth. So <laughs> okay. So my next question for you is, what music are you currently listening to? You're picking your teeth, so I'll answer first. Um, currently, I have like just about a month and a half ago. I just and I'm late on this. So I feel bad, but I discovered a band called The Band Camino, and uh, I've been on a huge The Band Camino kick. Like, they've suddenly come into my life and, like, taken over my heart and <laughs> become, like, one of my top ten favorite bands, um, which is is hard to do. I think the last time a new band entered that top ten was, like, ten or more years ago, you know? So, uh yeah, I've, I've personally been listening to them a lot, and uh, I don't know. Um, All Time Low is coming out with a new album, so I'm listening to that, too. Yep. Um, I I listen to a lot of um, Mute Math and Paper Route, both kind of like underdogs in the alt-rock scene. Um and actually, both of them, I think, are underrated. Are well, are broken up. Well, Paper Out might not be. They haven't really announced anything. Um, but I've also like as of in the current weeks, um, I've been listening to a lot of Paramore, um, because I'm using the, that inspiration to to edit our next track that's coming out in April. So I'm like using the elements that I like hear and in, in, in off of their new album called After Laughter, um, as well as I'm also referencing. A, there's a new band out there called Subradio. Um, they're kind of like on our level, maybe a little bit uh, bigger, and they, um, for one of their most recent tracks, they used the same producer that Coin did. I don't know if you know who Coin is, but. Um, but yeah, they use like the same producer and mixing engineer on that on that track that I'm like using as a reference um, for some of our stuff. 
so uh and yes and coin as well like they're awesome so those are kind of all the the bands i've been listening to lately nice i like asking this question it normally expands my uh musical library so you mentioned a new track coming out can you tell me a little bit about it sure okay (laughs) um it's called it's called picture and um i started writing it when uh for a class, we were supposed to take an album that we liked. And again, it was that Paramore album. Um, we were supposed to take an album we liked and we were supposed to write a song that was like, supposed to be like the next, like if they were gonna write another song for that album, what would it sound like? That was the assignment. And so I wrote this song and kind of used those textures from that album to, to try to create this new song. And then we kind of eventually made it because I used it for the band, like we eventually kind of made it our own. Um, definitely has some of its own uh, elements standalone. And so uh, that was maybe two years ago, um, almost, maybe a year and a half, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, two, it was two years ago, like almost to the day, actually. Um, and then uh, Spartacus came in and um, added some really cool drum flair to it that totally took the song to the next level so uh we've also been collaborating a little a little bit on the lyrics like i've i pretty much have written them but i'm always like bouncing the ideas off of him lyrically because it's been through a lot of changes so it will probably still go through changes up until the day it's released (laughs) (laughs) um can you tell me what your favorite part of a song you've written is it could be any song you've released and any part of a song so like lyric uh drum riff i mean a guitar riff or like a drum cadence anything do you want to start with that one because you're less biased okay well i mean we'll do songs that we've released because i mean if it's one we haven't released yet then people won't really be able to know what i'm talking about yet at least um so i so i joined the band about six or seven months ago September. I joined the band back in September, however long ago that was. I'll let you do that. I don't want to. It's too early for me. Um, anyways, and uh, one of the things that like really convinced me to join this band, um, because I'm like I w- was like really picky with bands that I would join and stuff, because um, I can get lots of gigs as a drummer out here. Um, I heard "Tongue Tied Twisted," and uh, it just really like how the song starts just really struck me. Like, I don't know if you've listened to that song yet. Do it. Yeah. So how it just starts with the bah, 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 bah. and then it's got that cool guitar riff that's riff that's layered with synth. The... And I was like, oh damn, this is really cool. Like, I've got to like, okay, I'm I'm actually interested because you a lot of the time when a band that is like quote unquote local asks you to join them. You, you hear their stuff and you're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, but, but I heard uh tongue tied twisted for the first time. I was like, this is, this is legit. This band has a lot of talent, a lot of potential and like credit to Wesley for his songwriting and production on that song. Um, so, so yeah, since then I've kind of, been full steam ahead band member. So that's one of my favorite moments of a song that we've released, at least it's definitely the intro to, I mean, the whole song is great, but like the intro to Tongue Tied Twisted, it really just grabs your attention. 
Yeah, I'm going off the same song. I think for me, um, the bridge of that song, when like everything goes halftime for a minute, um, it, the lyrics that come in say, curse the day I act my age. Mm, and that, I mean, not only musically is it just like this huge climax, but um, also like that's just kind of my mantra lately. In fact, we put it on, our, we put that lyric on our wristbands. Um, because yeah thanks because <laughs> um, yeah it's just like um i mean especially for me i'm like the oldest member of the band <laughs> and so um it's just like tough sometimes to be in the same space of like um trying to pursue my dreams when kind of everyone my age is already like settled down into their nine to five jobs and but I'm like, no, that's just not for me. Like, curse the day I act my age. So keeps me going. It, what is your opinion of releasing an artist's unreleased music after they've passed away? Should it be released or should it not? I'll, I'll go ahead on this one. I, I think, I personally think yes. Um, I mean, I know personally, like, I've got a bunch of songs like in the pipeline ready to go for like future suit up soldier albums and like heaven forbid, like if I died tomorrow in some horrible car crash or something, I would want those songs to still be like shared with the world because they're important to me. And I feel like they can be important to someone else and like help someone else out. Like even in the way that they've helped me, um, writing songs and lyrics for me is like very cathartic and very therapeutic. Um, and listening to music obviously is too for so many people. Um, plus, you know, entertainment value, right? But uh, so, so yeah, I, th I think it should be. And like proceeds should like, if they have like a family, like benefit their family or estate, or if not that, then like, I don't know, go to a charity that they supported or whatever. That's my hot take on that. Yeah, I think um, for me, I, uh, I I would agree with what Spartacus said. Like, I I know that Justin Timberlake, if I'm not mistaken, Justin Timberlake had the chance to kind of piece together and finish some um, Michael Jackson songs that were unreleased uh, before he passed away. And, like releasing those songs especially if if they're not like quite done yet you know you have to put that song in the care of someone that that you trust that maybe all the the producers of that artist trust or maybe that artist themselves trusted um like justin timberlake um very worthy candidate for for a michael jackson record um so yeah i mean i think and it's, it's actually like there's a lyric in the song we're about to release that, that says, like, um, shoot, now I'm blanking on the lyric. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on the drums for like two days, so I haven't even been listening to like the lyrics of it. Um, it's, um, it's, there's the sad fact we have to die and somewhere there an unfinished work lies. Um, and like, we, it like, the song is about like living your life now because someday you're going to, especially for artists, you're going to die and there's going to be something unfinished and it's, and it's sad. So like do as much as you can now. 
and um but like i'd want to see that work finished and put out to the world so that's that's my opinion on that so we know there are so many different moving parts to this question because like i just listen to music i'm kind of on the receiving end i don't do much besides these interviews and um like as a fan you always want to hear more music but like at the same time would the artists have been happy like we've had this question compared to i'll give a little backstory we've had it compared to like kurt cobain's journal um we've had this compared to um the new Mac Miller album that was recently released. And then we've had it like the little peep songs that kind of sound like bedroom demos that are not quite finished. So it's very interesting to see like how different um, aspects of this kind of come into play. And then we normally start talking about like artist roles. So it's, it's very complicated. Yeah. Okay. Totally. My next question for you is if you could change one thing about the music industry as it is today, what would it be and why? Um, I, I, uh, personally, <laughs> um, would want to, oh gosh, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it. I, I would personally want to, uh, go back to CD sales and, uh, kind of, kind of do away with streaming. And now at the same time, like, I'm a premium like Spotify subscriber. So like, I'm kind of a hypocrite saying that, but like as, as an artist, like it's very difficult to make any sort of um, income these days off of um, saw a single or album sales just because of streaming, you know, and what, how, how much it's changed the landscape of um, the music industry. But that being said, like, I also love being able to have any song I want at my fingertips. <laughs> like, and that has facilitated a lot of new music discovery for me. So like, in a way I'm grateful to it, but at the same time, it's like, mm -hmm. I do kind of miss, you know, like back when I was a kid, um, I remember the, the first album I ever got was the All American Rejects, their, uh, their first album. And I just like, listen to the al album start to finish and li would listen to it on repeat. And every new album that I ever got, like I would do that. And it was like listening to an entire album all the way through was like this almost like a spiritual journey, you know, like, especially if it was a, an album that was well done, it takes you from start to finish and like, just gives you all the, all the feels, you know? Um, and like, I still attempt to do that as often as possible, but I will admit it's probably been a while since the last time that I like bought a new CD, new album, or even just pulled it up on Spotify and just like locked myself in my room to just listen to the thing all the way through. Um, so maybe I need to do that again because it was always like a special experience when I did it. But yeah, that's what I would do. Go back to CDs. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what got me into music was like being able to listen to a full album and have and to hear that album um, evolve as the songs progressed and you know, from start to finish, it's a journey. And that was, that became my dream as a teenager to release a full length album and take listeners through a journey. Whereas today that's kind of not as popular. Um, it's, it's a single game. Um, listeners are a little bit more ADD and, um, they're more, they're more listening to playlists than they are like full albums. But I, but I, what I would say about that is that it's actually created a platform 
for independent artists to be able to a um, focus on one song on getting one good song out there and having it reach a worldwide audience because of the algorithms on Spotify. Um, and B, it allows them to, well, like, like I said, reach a worldwide audience. Like it, it allows them to actually be independent artists and like grow their fan base a lot quicker and break into the industry because they're good and not just because they had some sort of crazy connection or amount of money. Um, so the, because of that, like, I don't, I don't lament the CD sale thing as much because I know there's other ways to make money as an artist, but I do lament it in the way that like maybe people won't appreciate my art the same way that, um, that I would because of my dream to like make a, a full length cohesive album. But anywho, I don't know what I would change necessarily about the in, in music industry right now. I think, um, for for us, I mean, we just lack like the money to get things done, and I wish there. I don't know. I wish there were more options, or at least that I knew about, um, to provide capital for independent artists, um, so that they don't have to immediately be seeking out a label, or that they can take the time to grow before they're ready for a label or whatever it is so that they can have some sort of capital to finish their music. Cause creating music can be time consuming and expensive. I also wish rock music was back in vogue. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with the Spotify thing. I kind of think, um, it's actually what I normally say to people when they ask me my opinion back. It's, it's Spotify is great for exposure. Um, just kind of miss the concept of like owning the physical thing and just sitting and listening to it like full all the way through. And yeah, it is kind of a singles game. And I kind of hate how Spotify has kind of changed how people in the market look at what music is. It's kind of... Someone once told me like music is now commodified more so than it was before, which I thought was pretty interesting. What's the scene like where you are? It's interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it. Uh, so like, you've got you've got the Utah scene, but then you've got like there's a, actually a pretty sharp divide between like the Salt Lake City scene and the Provo scene, which is like where we are. Um, and Provo is very much like indie rock or like roots slash folk rock. Like those are the two things that are like super, super popular in this town. And then like pretty much anything else, like it's it's hard to hard to come by or hard to find a lot of support for it in like Provo and the surrounding metro area. Once you get up to Salt Lake, there's a lot more like I mean there's those styles, but there's also like hardcore and a metal scene up there too there's a and, huge metal scene in salt lake it's yeah like every day i see someone posting on the facebook groups like looking for a metal singer looking for a metal guitarist yeah. looking for wow. it's like how many metal bands are there in salt lake it's like third time a dozen yeah there's a lot up there so uh i was actually in one of them once upon a time <laughs> um 
but yeah, that that's my take on what what the scene is like here. I don't know if you have anything to add. Like, yeah, um, we like our our city specifically. So like Provo itself is a gem musically because um, Provo, Utah has seen like a lot of really talented artists come through here. Um, and the ones that have maybe given the town have put the town on the map were like Neon Trees and Imagine Dragons. Um, the Aces more recently. The Aces are a more recent one. They're like an all girl band, all female um, uh, band. And, and so I, I think like what's really special about Provo is it's, it's made me and really just us collectively um, really up our game because it's really competitive here. But at the same time, it's a little bit sad because we have been kind of buried for a long time. Um, before we released any music, like it, it was really hard to gain a fan base because I was older. And so it's not like I could just grab all my college friends and get them to a show. I needed to people. I needed people to come to my show because they actually liked my music, which is like really not the case for a lot of local bands here. They just like they have a bunch of friends and they bring them to a show, and and then all the venues are like, "Oh, praise this band who like really isn't that great," and um, <laughs> because they they brought a lot of their friends to the show, and for us, like we just we can never really get more than thirty people out to a show until recently. And yeah, until recently, and and like it was. It, like the Provo scene wasn't really nice to us because we we kind of started out as a punk band and like punk rock itself was like super underdog here. And then we kind of shifted towards like stuff that I wanted to do and, and as numbers changed and like um, our sound evolved and like I'm definitely comfortable with where we're going. But, having, but now that we're in this, this like indie pop alt rock space, um, it's... It might play to our favor just because we're one of the very few in the area. Um, but at the same time, it's a little bit like venues kind of don't know what to do with us because they're not used to, they don't know who, like which bands to pair us with. There's, there's very few that they can. Um, but it played, definitely played to our favor when we opened for coin a couple months ago. Yeah. And, you know, we were able to play to an audience of 2000 people because of it. So like, no other Provo band um, would will be able to say that this year because they discontinued what are what what was called the rooftop concert series. A lot of like big bands would come through and play at this free concert where like thousands of people would gather in the city, um, and they would do like every first Friday of the month was the rooftop concert series, and like that's that put a lot of bands on the map. We never got to play it because we were just again kind of the underdogs <laughs> on the scene, but. Um, but yeah, so I think like, it's it's really weird. Like we've been kind of buried for a while, but I think I think this year is our year. Hopefully, it is. So um, you were mentioning your sound. Can you please describe it for me in three words? You can each Ooh, do well, three words. Pop, alt rock. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, indie pop and alt rock are one word each because there's a hyphen. <laughs> <in it. laughs> okay, okay. It's always fun. Eclectic. That's one word I would use. Eclectic. Okay. Um. I don't know if you want me to supply one of the words. Um, yeah. So we've got eclectic. How about a? <laughs> I want to say fun, but I feel like that's too shallow. <laughs> like, well, energetic kind of. Yeah, energetic. Energetic actually would be a good word. Like, we are very, 
very high energy on stage and in studio. So I th- I, I feel like that comes through in our recordings, or at least it should. Yeah, so eclectic, um, energetic. Why don't we do another E word just to make it? Should we make it? Should we do that one more E word? Eclectic, epic. There you go. <laughs> so uh, my next question for you is, what do you do when you're not writing music? Hmm. Write more music. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we honestly, it's like, I think if we were like this big band, like touring a bunch and really settled into our career, um, we would have maybe other hobbies. <laughs> right now, I don't really feel like I'm doing much outside of music, which is really sad. But um, I don't know. I like uh, going to the gym, which is hard because they're all closed right now. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Just, I'm kind of a fitness nut personally. Um, watching copious amounts of Netflix. Mm. That's another good one. A great one. <laughs> um, I've been, I've always been into volleyball. Mm. I grew up playing. I love volleyball. Volleyball, and uh, I mean, I'm fine with any sport, really. But yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, that's I do cool. love watching basketball. Go Raptors, baby! Woo! <laughs> I'm originally from that area, so. Got to rep my team, even though the NBA is also canceled right now. So like, Ew. everything yeah. everything is canceled right now. It sucks. <laughs> life life is not canceled though, so we can go on living that and writing new songs at least. Oh, I was just gonna say that I that to answer your previous question, I think also I love playing with my daughter. She's super. She's at a super fun stage. She's a year and a half right now. She's super cute. So we go for walks around the neighborhood. We play catch and stuff. It's fun. Oh, nice. <laughs> kind of like nice to have those moments too, just separate. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's your writing process like? I think it's different for for each song and for each of us individually. Um, on this first album, like m- most of the songs have been primarily written written written, <laughs> written by Wesley. Um, and that's partially because he's a great writer, but also partially because for a while it was just him and Josh, the keyboardist who were actually in the band until they finally found the right lineup, adding me and a couple other guys who are now like, it's now like the lineup, right? Of all committed guys. Um, for me personally, my writing process, I start with lyrics a lot of the time. Um, and I, I don't know, that could just be because I'm a drummer and I'm like maybe melodically challenged a bit. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually, no, I've, I've written some pretty dank like melodies and stuff. So it's not really that. It's just I've always been kind of a, a word person and I always connect with good lyrics in a song. Um, I won't say more so than the music, but probably just as much and sometimes more. Um and so, yeah, I, I start with the lyrics a lot of the time and then I'll kind of craft a, a song around that. But that's not always the case, right? Like sometimes I'll just have a melody pop into my head and I'll like voice memo it without any words, then figure out the words later. Or sometimes I start with a guitar riff, you know, um, it, it just all depends. Um, 
and then I get I get it to a point where I'm ready to maybe collaborate on it with uh, with like Wesley or someone, and then we we go from there. Because um, I'm a big fan of the the collaborative process. I think it makes songs a lot better when you've got two to three people working on it any more than that and it's like there's too many cooks in the kitchen in my opinion but uh yeah that's my process i'll let wes go uh, i think um i'm kind of similar like i'm definitely inspired by drums um so it's easy for me to like to like yeah kind of start with the drum beat but but I, I have plenty of songs that don't that did not start with drums um I think if you zoom out the process, like, cause obviously there's like a lot of different ways to go about writing a song, but if you zoom out, it's really just about putting together a puzzle because rarely do I get the whole song as inspiration right at once. Um, when those moments happen, it's really special, but most of the time it starts with one thing and then you just start building around that thing. So if it, yeah, if I come up with a guitar riff, it's like, okay, now what chord progression should go under that to make, and then what chord progression and, and beat should go under that to really elevate that guitar riff. Or if it's a melody, um, of, a vocal melody, then it might, then it also might be a similar process to, to find like a, a chord progression and tempo and, and drum line that really um, elevates that the vocal line. So anyway, the, the finally the puzzle will come together and then it's, and the song gets released. If you could collaborate with any artist that are alive, who would it be and why? Mm. Oh. Oh. That's a good question. Mm. Man. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say Brandon Flowers, frontman of the Killers. Um, I've always kind of idolized that dude for a lot of reasons, but uh, yeah, just, yeah, he's awesome. Like I would totally love to, <laughs> I don't know if our writing styles would be anywhere remotely similar, but it'd be fun to like kind of hang. I'd probably, if honestly, if I collaborated with him, I'd probably just like take all his suggestions and be like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, that's me. I'd probably be fanboying the whole time, but whatever. I don't care. I just want to meet the dude. Yeah. There, um, I'd say uh, off the top of my head, there's probably more, but off the top of my head, the, the three that I can think of are any of the guys from Paramore and, you know, Haley Williams, like that'd be really fun to collaborate with her. Um, and Mute Math, um, Paul, I think his last name is Meany or Manny, something like, I don't remember how to pronounce it, but I, yeah, Paul or Darren King from Mute Math. Um, and then there's this guy named Ace Enders that I grew up listening to. He was a part of a band called the early November. They're actually still around. I went, recently went to a concert of theirs and their music to me was like, always like I could, I could, I could like not be listening to them for like a two year period. And then all of a sudden I can come back and see what they released and listen to everything that they had on their discography. And I would usually love it all. Like it was, you know, just all really inspiring music to me. So I'd love to write with Ace Ender someday. What's your favorite concert that you've been to? Uh, 
For me, oh, I've been to so many good concerts. That's that's way too hard. Um, <laughs> suit up soldier, obviously. <laughs> no, um, I mean, besides besides us though, um, this is cheating, but whatever. Three way tie between um, the Killers, Muse, and Amberlin. Um, oh yeah, I've been to an Amberlin concert. Uh, yeah, so like obviously, so you got the Killers and Muse who are like kind of two two sides of the same same coin. They're like some of the biggest names in rock and alternative rock over the past fifteen years or more, um, and they tour stadiums internationally and headline them and sell them out. Um, and then Amberlin, like they're not nearly as big as as the Killers or Muse, but like they were still pretty big, especially in their time and their shows are so high energy like holy cow and they're just so good and so talented and uh i saw them this past summer on their reunion tour actually because they broke up back in 2014 um and like it was amazing i, I like I, I i can honestly say i've never been at a concert where like every audience member knew every word to every single song that they played it was like such a cool things such a cool feeling and i was I, I actually like splurged and got like the vip pass so i got to meet them and take pictures and get signed swag and just like i was right there at the front for the like the whole time and it was awesome it was such a such a rush such, such an experience yeah i've been it's hard there's a lot of a lot of good concerts that competed in my mind um 21 pilots was awesome but i've I was like way in the back so it wasn't as cool as like being up front but like still fantastic concert um i loved the mute math concert that i went that the one and only mute math concert i ever went to was fantastic um and there was just like this moment where like they did this bass drop it like filled my soul <laughs> it was so good it was so like yeah, my wife was there. She she can uh, she can relate. We were we were blown away. Um, and um, also like a bunch of my favorite bands have played together, and so that's what has made the concert like extra special. Like May, Reliant K, Switchfoot, and Yellow Card. Oh, I've seen Reliant K too. And, yeah, Reliant K is really fun. And, like those four bands, like they've all shared the stage together. And any combination of them sharing the stage at the same time has been been really fun. So a lot of bands, but it's hard to choose. <laughs> yeah. I definitely understand. I feel like um, each experience is kind of different and special in its own way when you go to a concert. It's always yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So my next one for you is um, what's your favorite album in your personal collection? Um, the Everglow by May. That was, I mean, there have been albums since then that have like really inspired me and are probably like to date my, or that are like my current favorites, but The Everglow by May will always be the album that like it started. It's like, it, it started this whole thing. It's like the reason why I'm a musician and I broke and, <laughs> and why I love music and just like why I can't get away from from this passion. Um, yeah, what about you? Oh man, 
You're asking really tough questions. You know that, right? <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. This is the good stuff. I love talking about this stuff. It's just like I said, it's hard. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with um, first place goes to uh, Battleborn by The Killers, which was their fourth album, came out in 2012. So I was like a junior in high school at the time. And uh, that it came out, yeah, yeah, I was junior in high school. And like, that, that like particular time of my life was like a pretty particularly difficult time of my life. And I know that album just like spoke to me in a way that like no album ever had before. And th this is one of the ones where like going back to what I was talking about with CDs before, like I would listen to that album start to finish, like not just once, like the first time buying it, but like multiple times, you know? Um, and like the lyrics on that album just like really spoke to me a lot and like helped me through a lot of, of difficult times in my life and still still do sometimes. So it's like got a special place in my heart. Um very and very much so lyrically and then and mus musically too, but like um then I'd give runner up to uh Try Hard by the band Camino, which again I only discovered them a month and a half ago, but they've like completely stolen my a musical heart like i said like i'm a huge fan now i need a i don't i don't actually have that one in my collection of cds yet um because i do have a CD, cd collection so i need i need to go buy it to support them because i freaking love them so yeah cds or vinyl mm, i haven't really gotten into vinyl just because i don't have a record player yeah but, same but it would be cool if i ever had one I feel like they're both, um, I know like recently there's been this huge uptick with vinyl because it's a way to own something and kind of like you can hang it on your wall or you can use a record. Yeah, player. it's like from CDs to vinyl, which is probably cooler anyway. Yeah, like CDs are probably, CDs are like lower quality and like the own, then it's like really small artwork, whereas like vinyl you get like this big artwork and like, yeah, vinyl work. I still prefer CDs, <laughs> but I've never owned a record player either. So, so um, my next question for you is: You guys are going on a road trip. What are three songs that must be in your playlist? I'm told I have a Spotify road trip playlist. <laughs> I love I'll it. it up right now. I'll let, you, I'll let you go first. One second. Okay. Um, all right, let's see. Well, this is a tough one. Like my road trip playlist is significantly longer than three songs. I'll just like pick three. I'll just like pick a, a few random ones from it. Um, California by Phantom Planet. I don't know if you've ever heard that song or heard of that band. It, it's an oldie, but a goodie. It came out in '04, I think. Um, it was actually like the theme song of a TV show called The OC or something like that. Um. And like it's just got a very very much of a road trip vibe and like it's really fun to sing along to um and it's about going to california so but even if i'm on a road trip going like to the complete opposite direction of california i would still listen to it um then after that uh pretty much anything by oasis their song their songs all sound great for road trips like champagne supernova mm, highly recommend for uh, road trips 
And then I'll, I'll, I'll be a little basic and say Life is a Highway by Rascal Flatts. Well, the Rascal Flatts version, it's not by them, but, you know, because <laughs> because you're on the highway and it's, it's a road trip song. What more can I say about that, right? <laughs> yeah, I For me, I have to listen to uh, Misery Business by Paramore <laughs> if yeah. I'm on a road trip because I can sing in her range. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Um, Africa by Toto. Oh, okay. there we go. Good one. How about the Ouija version? There's like the classic ones that are just like meant for a road trip. Like, um, <laughs> I don't even know the words. The one that's like, uh, da da da, I'm on my way, something like that. On my way. The one that plays Ice Age. I can't even remember <laughs> the name of that song. I can't either. <laughs> It's probably called On My Way or something like that, but... Um, well, now I need to add that to my road trip. Playlist. But I, I've, like, literally listened to it, like, almost every road trip because some friend will, like, pull it up. Not because I have it on my personal playlist. Okay. And... So there you go. Okay. Um, do you have any pre-show rituals or superstitions? Um... We... We did, like, a little band prayer circle for the coin show oh yeah that was like i think for our bigger bigger shows like the anxiety gets really high and like we need something to like just like level us um but i'll like kind of uh flippantly call upon the drum gods to bless my hands so that i play well (laughs) um (laughs) hope i'm not like struck down one day for doing that (laughs) be like i'll hail john bonham neil peart and buddy rich please bless me you know like three three of the greatest drummers of all time in case you weren't aware um yeah i don't know just like that um i make sure i have a full belly oh for sure eating yeah or like for me vocally i'll have to so like if i'm not feeling my best vocally which like today is one of those you didn't tell you that yet i'm not feeling super great vocally and we have a show tomorrow um we're doing like a this live streaming festival um i i will do like i'll either gargle with salt water or like take a really hot shower so that like i can inhale the steam from it or like a humidifier um or eat an orange which is actually probably really not great like right before you sing because it's like so acidic but it just like it it like it, I don't know. To me, it feels like it's hydrating me in the moment to to do that, and I just feel like some like something just a little bit acidic. So those are my little rituals. What's your favorite venue that you've played in? Mm. As, I mean, as as a band or like personally or as a band probably. Um. Yeah. I mean, as a band, it was it was at BYU when we opened for Coin. So it was in this big ballroom, like, and I don't know, they're just, once it, once you play shows that are big like that, like, you kind of start wanting that more often because you kind of felt the taste for it almost. It's like, after, after you've eaten, you know, um, I don't know where I'm going with that analogy, never mind. <laughs> well, I mean, what it is, is like, you learn how to fill the space because yeah. you get, you get on a bigger stage, you play in front of thousands of people and you start learning how to interact with that many people because all the all the all the actions are a lot bigger you can do like 
Um, you can do a lot more on the you stage. You can run around, like run around. You can jump. You can like there's just the movement um, is a lot bigger, and you kind of get used to that. And then you get put on like a couple weeks later, yeah. we played on this stage that was that didn't even fit all five of us. We like we were like sh- not shoulder to shoulder. I'm exaggerating with that if I say that, but it's it was small. It was really small, and it's like hard to just like stand there in one position and move around. You figure it out, but it's just nothing like being on this huge stage that you get to fill and interact with, with the, with audience on the left and audience on the right, you know, instead of just like the 50 people that are right there. (laughs) Yeah. So. And my last question for you is what are your goals for 2020? Ooh, we have a lot. We have a lot. I'll let you take this one. Okay. So me and, uh, me and Stingray, um, our bassist, we actually like like had a serious sit down and we like wrote out a band five year like vision and goals and and plans to achieve that. Um, like we we've become like very like business oriented with this band now, and not at like the expense of the music or the creative side of it, but like the reality is that in order to like make it as um, an artist or a band you you have to pay a lot of attention and spend a lot of time with the business side right so that being said like we created goals and and all that and we're like working towards those so i would say our goals our goals for 2020 are first of all um release all of our planned singles on time or at least close to on time (laughs) with yeah within within a few weeks of our goal release dates um release our full-length album in september um and like should i share like the specific like streaming sure like so with this with this next single that we're about to release so like obviously with tongue-tied twisted uh we're almost at two hundred thousand streams which is like but that's it's good you know it's uh i would say it's better than like your average local band for sure and kind of helps you start getting into that regional status almost but uh obviously we're not satisfied with that like it's good but it's like we want to do more and do better so with our next single we want to get to a million streams um i tend to set like really high goals too so like my thought is i want us to get to like a million streams in a month which who knows if that's actually realistic but it can happen right um and then i i would love us to to cross the 10 million total streams threshold this year as well um and then just continue building it from there and i think one of our oh and then another big goal is to do like a full-on tour um that was going to be for like spring and summer but obviously plans have changed and uh now we're gunning for that in the fall um and we do hope to come to new york as well so new york is one of our bigger streaming cities so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it probably has a little bit to do with the fact that there's a lot of people in new york but still that means there's more people that can come to the show which city did you say you're from I'm from Staten Island, which is actually where Wagner's located. So, yeah, okay. That's just how, like, how how far away from that from NYC is that, like, travel time wise? We're in the city. We're one of the five boroughs, but from Manhattan, oh, right. it's um, a ferry ride. So, 
Oh, oh, yeah. Like where you are. <laughs> it could be like through downtown. It's like the half hour ferry. Um, for me to get across the island, it's like an hour train ride and then the half hour ferry. <laughs> so. But yeah, so to, like kind of those release goals and then tour for sure. And I think another goal that we have is to make sure that we like sell out every venue that we play as, as a headliner, um, which is obviously easier said than done, but like we've both, you know, sold out venues before as the headlining band or artist. So we know we can do it. It's just a matter of putting together the right strategy and then executing that strategy. So we're working on all that stuff behind the scenes right now. Yeah. It was, it was seeming more feasible as we were like planning tour mm -hmm. and then yeah, a lot happened. of, so we'll see we'll see what happens after this is all over <laughs>